Hello, hello everyone. Welcome back. This is Larry Morrison. I am your financial shaman. Ah, it's a great day to be alive. Welcome back to Money Awakenings, where we talk about the belief systems that block money and abundance and ultimately love and any other frequency from flowing. Because money is an energy. At the end of the day, it's an agreement. You could say it's all, we could define it many different ways. And actually the way in which you define it will affect how you perceive it and interact with it. I see money at this moment as an energy. It's simply an energy. An energy subsect frequency of abundance. The energy of wealth, for instance, reflects back to us in the mirror of physical reality as money. Wealth, some people may define different ways. I simply define it as the abundance frequency applied to money. Meaning that true wealth which we're going to talk about today, or I've called it before unlimited wealth, is simply an energy in which you vibrate into, or remember, or you let go of everything that's keeping you out, right? All these barriers, blockages, limitations, these belief systems that we've gathered that distort our frequency, distort our ability, good morning, distort our ability to receive, right? Just like you would think about a radio tuner. For for those of you who remember what radio is, you have to tune the dial, right? And you ever notice, like, on long trips, when we used to listen on the radio, that, or, I mean, you could even say it with your cell phone signal now, sometimes you go through patches where there's no signal. Right? You can't get any frequency, except for some reason, the Spanish frequency always comes through. I'm kidding. That's a joke. I always noticed that. I was like, well, I guess I'm listening to Spanish music, because that's the only strong signal I seem to find. Anyway, these are jokes. Nothing. Don't attach to it, unless you want to. And so, (laughs) my point is, it's a frequency in which you have to tap into And to do that, you have to be able to tune your vibration. What does that mean? It means to understand your emotions. Your emotions are your vibration. Vibration is your dominant emotion. The one you feel all of the time or most of the time when it comes to a certain subject. Like, some people could say, I think about my mother-in-law. And I think, oh no, scared, fear, judgment, uh, you know, unhappiness, whatever. That's the vibration for, it's the dominant emotion around the subject of your mother-in-law in this example. Right? It's the way in which you feel about the subject. And those feelings, especially negative ones, are telling you that you're out of alignment because it doesn't feel good. 
when you think about her in this example. So there are block, if you're not feeling good, then there are blockages. Your, dis, your frequency is distorted because you're not feeling good. That's your frequency. The way in which you feel, your vibration, the way in which you feel, the way in which you emote, which is the base, I don't know, the main word in emotion, right? So the way in which you feel is your frequency. And so the more, the better you feel more of the time, the, you could say the higher your frequency or the more you're aligned with source, which is why your emotional guidance system is everything. It is the biggest tool in your tool belt. The number one, besides connecting and talking to your heart, which you could also argue is a part of your emotional guidance system, is the number one ally that you have in this game. It's your compass, it's your guide, right? And so, as we tune into the frequency of wealth, which is to feel wealthy, which is to feel happy, is to feel bliss, is to feel unconditional love, is to feel freedom, it is to feel expansive, evolving, is to feel the truth of who we are. So that's how you're tuning the radio dial in, in the way that you feel, moment by moment. And when, just like the mother-in-law thing, when you think of a subject and the vibration gets distorted, it's like you're getting into that staticky tuning, right? And that, into that staticky signal. And to get it into clarity and harmony where there's beautiful music coming out, you have to let go of these limiting beliefs so that you feel better. The limiting beliefs are, are causing the distortion. These belief systems that we've picked up along the way. And that's why you're having trouble tuning in. The number one skill you could learn, in my opinion at this moment, is how to let go of a limiting belief. This for me changed everything. And I'm doing courses on how to do this, the one, the pathway that I have found. But there are many different ways to do it. I am not saying I have the best way. I'm saying I have the best way that works for me. But there are tens of ways in which to do this. And so I am a big fan of Byron Katie's The Work. I am a big fan of emotion code, um, trauma work. Um, and I, I put it all together, but for me, you have to know how to let go of a limiting belief. I will show you how to find them. I will show you what way it worked for me. But bottom line is the number one skill you can learn is how to let go of a limiting belief so you can tune them. The real, the way that we work with on this, since I'm not able to work with you is just to see a belief as false helps you start to let go of it. I'm not saying it fully gets rid of it. But it helps you start to be like suspect of the belief system, right? And once you start to be like, is this right? Is this true? Then you can go, maybe I should let this go in whatever way you want, right? So that's what we're going to look at. How do we tune into the frequency of wealth? How do we tune into the frequency of unconditional love? 
and is to realize that that frequency is always playing and it's you're the one that's out of alignment with it. That's all. And there's no judgment to being out of alignment. It's just an awareness. Some people prefer to be out of alignment. Some people want to watch a horror movie of their life. Some people want to find out how limited and distorted their lives can be. I prefer not to do that. I've done that. I don't like it. I've explored that contrast. So now I'm doing what I can, following my inner guidance to tune back into my original nature of unconditional love and wealth. Okay? And so, ideally, that's why you're here to join me. So, what are we going to talk about today? A few things. But one that came to me that I'd always, like, noticed but never really investigated. I was aware of it. I, like, saw it. But I didn't pick at it. I didn't untangle the knot, as it were, until the other day. And I'm going to do it more here today. And here's what it is. Your financial set point. might think, what the hell are you talking about, Larry? Your financial set point. Your financial set point is the average amount of money that you have at all times. And you must have noticed this. You must have noticed this by now. If you've lived long enough to have an experience track with money. Here's what I mean. When I was an electrician, one of my first jobs, I got big raises every year. As you're an apprentice in the union, which I was many, many years ago, what happens is you start out at the lowest pay, which is your first year apprentice salary, and then six months you get a raise, and then uh, every year as you move into the next stage of apprenticeship, you get a really big raise. Like I'm talking like $5 an hour raise, five to six. So then at, when you turn out as a journeyman, you get the highest rate. What is fascinating about this is over those five years, I got raise after raise after raise, but the average amount of money that I had in my bank account stayed the same. How is that possible? This is your financial set point. On average, I'd have about $1,000, $1,000 to $1,500 in my bank account at all times. Money came in, money went out. On average, it was about $1,000 to $1,500 in my bank account at all times. And I noticed this year after year after year, even when I became a journeyman, even when I became my own contractor and had big swings of money coming in, big paychecks, of course, a long time before the next contractor or whatever, you know, but, and then even in real estate, same thing, big, big chunks of money, huge chunks of money I'd get for flipping houses and all that kind of stuff. But my financial set point was always the same. It would get up, it would dwindle down until I was about $1,000. Hello. And the way in which it manifested was, of course, oh, I got a raise. Now I can afford a truck. Now I can afford a nicer place. 
Now I can do this. Now I can do that. Now I can go on vacation. Now I can dispose of all the money above that set point so that I can feel comfortable with around a thousand dollars a month or a thousand dollars in my bank account. That's my set point. Is that is that clear to everybody? Here's a different way to put it. This is came from Jim Rohn, which I never forgot. I heard this must have been over a decade ago. And he said, if you ask a family of you know two two adults and two children if you ask them how much it uh, um i'm sorry if they if they make you know 48,000 a year let's say 4,000 a month how much would they tell you it takes to live 4,000 a month right because that's how much they're making then let's ask a family who's making 5,000 a month month how much does it take for them to live 5000 a month. Well, what happened to that extra $1,000? You see? Now, you could talk about, you can go in all kinds of directions with this, which is, oh, and what most financial professionals do is they'll talk about budgeting. Oh, well, they're not using it right. This is keeping up with the Joneses. This is blah, blah, blah. Yes, to an extent, I do never talk about budgeting. Budgeting is a fucking joke to me. It is completely someone trying to slice a pie differently and keep yourself small. Budgeting is ridiculous. It's not good stewardship because it doesn't expand you. You're only playing within a limited set point. This is scarcity. Your financial set point and a budget, for instance, is scarcity. Because it doesn't cause you to expand beyond your set point or your budget. You just try to find ways to limit yourself. Oh, I'm not going to have Starbucks today because I, it's not in the budget. If you want something and you're saying, I want it, how come you couldn't find a way to expand? your means in this case. And I've gone off on this before, how living below your means is a stupid idea. It's a terrible, it's a terrible limiting belief system. Anyway, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole today. What I am going to talk about though is, don't you find it fascinating that you have an average amount in your account at all times? Why is that? Why is that? Because that is what you think you're worth. That is what you believe you deserve. Your financial set point, which is the average amount of money that you have at all times through your different stages of life, is the amount you believe you deserve. It's the amount of you believe of your value. And this is exactly the problem, or challenge rather, that everyone faces. And we see it so boldly, blatantly with lottery winners, because it's so extreme. They never raised their financial set point. So even though the money came, they had to get rid of it so they could get back to their set point, their belief about how much they're worth and their value. 
there's a lot of beliefs about scarcity that cause a set point, right? There's never enough money, blah, 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 um, which I, I just found another one that I'm going to do another time, but it's I can run out of money, right? Or I can make a mistake that runs out of money. All of these beliefs are scarcity beliefs. And what they do is they make sure you're in scarcity regardless of the amount of money that you have. Because couldn't you be a millionaire and still in scarcity? Absolutely. I've met plenty of them. Tons of financial wealth. I just had a talk with one the other day. A new client, multimillionaire, scared to stop working. I can't stop working because then the money will go away. I'm like, oh, sweetheart. Deep breath. You're trapped. Same as someone in poverty. Trapped by your own belief systems that you believe about the money. Right? I gotta keep I gotta keep working. She works seven days a week. I'm like, well, this is obvious why you came to me. Because all this money with no time. No freedom. Constantly working. Because why? Because you're in scarcity. You believe the money is going to run out somehow. And so you got to constantly keep working. Even though you've made millions of dollars. This is the financial set point, right? In her mind, she's just moved her financial set point to maybe it's, you know, quarter million dollars in the bank at all times of liquid cash. I don't know. I haven't got that far with her yet. This is the first, first interaction. But um, I've seen this before in many other millionaires that I've worked with and talked to, billionaires even. Well, they'll keep a certain amount on hand, but everything else is so scared. Actually, they're so scared about losing it. And so this is what they believe they deserve, right? But even that is suspect. Because if they truly believed they deserve it, they wouldn't worry about losing it. If they truly believed that that was their worth, they knew they could get rid of it, give it all away, and it would come right back. Because this is what they believe they're worthy of. And so the mirror would have to reflect it back to them, you see. So your financial set point is what you believe you're worth, is what you believe you deserve, especially when it comes to a paycheck. You see this all of the time. People fight for their own limitations. They try to keep them, or rather a part of them does, to stay within the limitation game. So, deserving, as I've said many times, deserving and worthiness of the number one, number two, limiting belief systems. And the financial set point is the reflection of those beliefs. Most people defend their set points with justifications, right? You see it especially with people in earning money. Here's what I mean. (laughs) 
if I'm, I'll go back to my example. If I'm an electrician and I know the average electrician makes $35 an hour for working for a company, I know they might charge 150, but this is just an example. But if you go to work, you know, way back when, when I did, it was $35 an hour. And you'll defend that for some reason, both ways. Here's what I mean. You'd be like, oh, I can't take less than that unless you're really desperate, right? Unless you're like in between jobs and money's running low, then maybe you will take less. But most of the time, you're going to do what you're worth, what everybody else is making, what you feel your value is, unless you're really down on who you are. Unless you're really strangled by limiting beliefs, then you're going to be like, well, if the average is making 35, I, can make, I could do it for 30. And you're trying to fight for the bottom, right? When I got out of the, into the private sector, out of the union, I saw this a lot because people would have to negotiate their salaries. And I was like, holy shit. People are really down on themselves, even though they have all these skills. So they're fighting with their own limiting beliefs. Oh, I know the average person makes this, but I don't feel like I'm even average. So I'll make a little below average or I'm desperate. I'll make a little below it. And that's fine. And then the other way, I see this one more often than not, especially when it comes to small business owners and entrepreneurs, right? Oh, and I, I work with this a lot. Energy healers, oh, you know, I, I, for the energy healing I do, I can't charge more than an hour, $100 an hour. And I'm like, what are you talking about? What do you mean you can't charge more than $100 an hour? Oh, because that's what everybody else charges. So you're comparing yourself to everyone else. That's a problem, don't you think? I've already gone off on what comparison does, self-judgment and judging others, right? But what's really happening is they're fighting for their limitations. They're saying they're trying, they're using justification, which is evidence that they don't want to grow or change, justifying why they should stay small. Because in their limited view in the in the small story of who they are they have to stay in the limitation game they have to stay small and the small story would have to die it would have to grow and change it would have to evolve good morning it would have to evolve in order to grow in order to shift, some part of you would have to die. And that's what most people are scared of. Don't you find it fascinating that you can make more in salary and still have the same financial set point? And I could see it in the other way too. I can make less in salary and still have the same financial set point. This happened to me too multiple times starting new companies, making way less than I was. And I still had about, you know, a couple grand in my account at all times. Until the past year and a half, when I really started to work through these beliefs and shifting myself and letting go of the small story. Then my financial set point skyrocketed because I was tuning in to the frequency of wealth.
right? A justification is you defending your limitations and holding on to them. It's the part of you that's trying, that's wanting to stay small, trying to convince you that you don't need to grow, change, or evolve, or expand. So what do you do? You, become, you get comfortable with less. You get used to scarcity. Right? I was trying to find how to make more money. I got into the financial system. Like I was like, what the hell? My whole life. Make more? Same set point. What the f*** is going on? How come it always comes back to this amount? Why? Because I was comfortable there. That's what I just believed I was worth. That what, that's what felt natural because that's what I grew up in. What's that saying? You get, take the trailer park out of the guy, can't take the trailer, or what is it? I can't remember what it is. You can take the guy out of the trailer park, can't take the trailer park out of the guy. I didn't grow up in a trailer park. It's just an expression. I did grow up in the ghetto, but or the hood, or whatever you want to call it, <clears throat> gunshots and stuff, where I grew up, but it's not, my point is, that old saying is a very interesting one, because you're conditioned in that environment, in this case the trailer park, or in my case the ghetto, you're conditioned by your parents, who obviously had to, are trying to find their smallest version of themselves right they're conditioned by the other people around you who are obviously at a very low financial set point which means a very low way of thinking about themselves and money and their relation to the universe i apologize i am not in control of the breeze but i can bring the mic closer to my mouth when it's happening so i'm not in control i'm sorry <laughs> two different competing thoughts hold on um where was I? Ah, so where you grow up, you're conditioned to think that this is the best way, right? I, I used to justify it by I'd rather be happy and poor than rich and miserable. That's what, how we used to justify it in my house when I was growing up. And there are tons of different belief systems like this that want to justify staying your smallest self and hold on to these limiting beliefs because why? Because you're comfortable. That's where I grew up. I've known it my whole life, but I am much older than my whole life, aren't I? Much, much older. So are you. Does it ever, do you ever wonder do you ever wonder how an infant or a toddler could ever feel trapped? Think about this for a second. How could an infant or a toddler ever feel trapped if this is what they're born into? under the belief and the perception that this is where we start, then they wouldn't know any different, would they? They wouldn't have the contrast to compare to, would they? But the reason an infant or a toddler can feel trapped 
or not good enough or unworthy is because they have the contrast. They know the truth. A part of them knows the truth. They know what freedom is is because we come from there. We come from infinite freedom, infinite everything, unconditional love, worthiness, deserving. None of that's even a question. So when we come here, it feels foreign to us to feel trapped for a reason, because it's not our original nature. How could you feel not good enough as a child? If that's what your parents made you feel in the beginning, how would you know that that didn't feel good? How would you know that that didn't feel right? How would you know that conditional love was shitty? Unless you come from an opposite. And this was the contrast helping you understand who you are. So, even though I grew up in scarcity, it never felt right to me. In my heart, in my soul, in my bones, something was off. This is why I was always searching for wealth. I was always after the money. Because I was like, this doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good to be poor. It doesn't feel good to be limited. So, intrinsically, instinctually, I knew something was wrong because we come from unlimited, unconditional wealth. We come from unconditional love. We come from abundance, from joy, from ease, from instantaneous manifestation. We come from this. And it's only when we come here that we are trained into the contrast, brainwashed, conditioned, domesticated, indoctrinated into believing that this world is scarce, that resources are scarce, that you have to do something to get love. Oh, and that this world is real. None of which are true. But you're made to believe that. But the reason you're made to believe that is to play the limitation game. It's just like fo focusing your energy in a video game. You pick up a video game and that's where you're focused your attention. Which means you have to play within the rules of that game until you stop playing. When you are justifying why you should make a certain amount of money in either direction, you're holding on to a limiting belief. Because even if I justified me making 100000 an hour, which is going to happen, it would still be a limiting belief, wouldn't it? because it has an inherent limitation, even though it's way more than I make now. It has an inherent limitation because couldn't I make more than that? So watch when you justify things. 
Watch out for your justifications. Watch out when you get used to scarcity. This is, I see this all the time. I see it because I'm, I'm aware of it. I watched this guy, seemingly <laughs> very nice, well-dressed, put together, actually liked his style. Like we, I looked, I, I was looking like, well, look, looking in the mirror, right? He's actually had a shaved head too, in, you know, in shape, well-dressed. Like, man, see myself in this guy. And then I saw him get into a jalopy of a car. And I instantly knew that he was a lot like me more than I thought. And I'm not saying it's bad to get in an old beat up car. It's not a bad thing. It's just not what I would prefer. And I knew the reason he did this instinctually was because of his set point. He grew up in scarcity. He got comfortable with it. And they try to justify why he doesn't deserve more money than he makes. This is all blocking you from the divine wealth, the unlimited, unconditional wealth that is you. By justifying why you should deserve to make a certain amount of money. But this abundant nature underneath it all, your true wealth in your heart underneath it all that knows the truth, the heart that knows everything, is eating at you. Going, why are you driving that piece of shit? Yeah, you could get confused with the ego saying you need to be more, better, different. But the heart is eating at you when you believe you deserve what you have. That sounds wrong. Let me rephrase that. When you believe you only deserve what you have. When you believe you only deserve what you have. I don't want to take away from the gratitude for everything that you have. Show gratitude for everything that's been given to me. And I know I deserve more. I'm not in a rush, I'm not chasing it, I just know it. And I know it's on its way. But your abundant nature underneath it all eats at you and gnaws at you. Through negative emotion, when you think to yourself, well, this is the best it's going to get, your heart's like, Arr. You know that feeling I'm talking about, the gnawing, the grind. It's like you're grinding your teeth you know what I'm talking about well I guess this is what God wants me to be poor you know that negative emotion I'm talking about the shame of it you're believing a fucking lie believing a lie and that's why it's gnawing at you. That's why it's eating at you. And you start to go, did I mess up somewhere? Did I? No, you're messed up, if you want to say that. You're out of alignment. So that's why you feel bad. You're not tuning into the frequency. 
You're denying your own wealth. You're keeping it away from you with these limiting beliefs. Because, look at it this way. Let's go back to the video game analogy. Until this point in, in time, they have not figured out a video game that's just like real life, right? Maybe they will one day. Hopefully Roy too is what they're going to call it. Anyway, it's a Rick and Morty joke for those sci-fi nerds out there. So, which I am one. So, you're focused in this video game. But you don't have all the powers typically that you do in life, right? Some of them you can't get in a car or some of them you can't fly a plane or whatever, right? You can't mess with the electrical wiring in the building, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's a game of limitation. You can only do so much however the game was designed. So that being said, to play any game, you have to play within the rules. And since this game is a game of limitation, you had to believe these things in order to play the game. In order to perceive, you had to perceive limitation in order to play the limitation game. But if you're like me and you want out of the game or you want to change the game, shift it into a paradise where we can create whatever we want, where we can be in heaven and not in limitation. If you want a game of yes instead of no, you can have that because ultimately you're God. So you can do whatever you want. But in order to do that, you have to let go of all the limiting beliefs so that you can stop playing that game and play a new one, you see? So they serve a purpose. Nothing is inherently good or bad. They, everything serves a purpose depending on what game you want to play. Right? It's not, not like limiting, limiting beliefs or the ego is bad or whatever. Like, even murder is not... I mean, obviously, we've all made an agreement not to do that. But you, the point I'm trying to make is, and I'm not saying you should go do it or whatever. We should let the murderers out of jail. I'm just saying that we're eternal and this is a game. It's just a blip on the radar, if anything, of life, of our eternal nature. So inherently, nothing's really bad. It just is, and we judge it as good or bad. My point being, to play the game of limitation, you had to let go of the idea of, you had to wipe your memory and let go of the idea of infinite abundance and infinite unconditional wealth to play within this game. But now we're trying to go back to our original nature, understand who we really are, and let this game go to go to a new one. And so we have to remember who we really are, that original nature, that original baby who came, at, came in going, I don't like this conditional love thing and got all cranky. I don't like that I can't have what I want right away. What, that's not who I really am and got all cranky, where's the toy that I want? 
I want it right now because I'm an instant manifester, you see? That's why kids are that way. They're used to having everything instantly manifest for them. And you say no, and they're like, what the heck is no? And they start to cry. I don't know what, no, that doesn't make any sense. Because on the other side, source never says no. Why would it? That would cause constriction, not expansion. It says yes to everything. Hello. And it was us. It was us who asked Source, what if we wanted to play a game of no? Could we do that? And Source said, yes. But we'd have to do it in a dreamlike virtual reality place that doesn't constrict the expansion of the universe. And to really play the game of no and the game of limitation, you have to wipe your memory to understand that you were God so that you could come in here and play with this idea of no and limitation in a safe space. Let's go back to, so this is why, like I said, I was forgot who I was, wiped my memory, went into a poverty, and, th and was conditioned to believe that I was limited. Conditioned to believe that source was limited in its love for me. Was conditioned to believe that resources were scarce on this planet, which is a lie. And because this is how I grew up, I have an inherent attachment to it. I've talked about this before, where we want the approval of our parents more than we want money. We want that conditional love from them and the family that we grew up with and the people that we grew up with and the neighbors that we grew up with and the friends that we grew up with. We want their conditional love more than we want to know who we really are. And so we keep the money away from us because not only is it practiced, but it's nostalgia. Because now you can go back into that old neighborhood and identify with all those people. Hey man, you broke too? Yeah, government sucks. Taxes are terrible. Get that disability money. Never have to work. Play the victim. All that poverty nonsense. So why? So you can get the conditional love of those people that you grew up with, your hood, your peers, your family, your parents, who guaranteed their financial set point hasn't moved that much. I'd be shocked if you told me over the last 10 years, your parents' financial set point has moved up a lot. You'd be a rare one. Because as soon as you get into a certain age, your financial set point is set in stone. Because why? Because you're thinking. Your patterns are set. Your patterning is stuck. You are less likely to evolve when you get older. Not everybody, of course. I'm, I work with 70-year-olds who are still doing this work and evolving and letting go of limiting beliefs. 
I'm not saying everyone, but a lot of most people, once they read a certain age, they don't want to grow and change. They like their life the way it is. They're scared of change. And so they solidify their thinking. How many old people don't change the way they think? So really, when I say old, I don't even mean the age. I mean, the thinking is outdated. Because couldn't you have someone young, you know, in age, but still with super outdated thinking? Because maybe they grew up in a rural area with no exposure to the world or a computer or whatever. No exposure to young thinking, young thoughts, young questioning everything. Right? The nostalgia, the wanting to connect is very powerful. Think of it like this. The game some people are playing is to deny their own wealth, their own original nature, so they can get the conditional love of their parents and they, the, the game they play is, look at me, I did so much with so little. Right? You ever heard those people who like, <laughs> are like, oh yeah, you know, it's a 40-year-old car, but I keep it you know, I, I just changed this and I did this and I added to this. And yeah, I mean, it doesn't look like much, but I'm, I'm making the best out of a bad situation. Who's the one creating the bad situation? Who's the one creating the scarcity and limitation? You are. And I'm grateful you're making the best out of it. But you're fighting for your limitations. Right? People who are like, I'm going to buy a piece of land, put a single white on it. No, no, no shame in that, by the way. I'm just putting that as an example. And then I'm going to get all these, and now I have land, so I'm going to get all these animals, I'm going to get all these cars. Again, no shame in that. You know, these cars, I'm going to do all the, I'm going to do all I can with a very limited amount instead of expanding their amount, instead of expanding who they are. They're trying to do the best within a limitation. That's what budgeting is. I'm going to do the best within a, limit, a limiting amount. I'm going to limit myself and do the best I can within it. That's the limitation game. You see? I'm going to limit myself and then try to win the game of doing all I can do within the set point. Look at me. I did so much with so little. I hear that all the time. Well, I'm not going to buy the the brand name. I'm going to buy the knockoffs. I love a discount. I love a sale. Oh, you mean the things that are going to wear out twice as fast? So you're actually going to pay more in the long run? Those things? Oh, the things that you don't appreciate, that don't make you feel good or sparkle or alive? So you're not actually going to feel wealthy when you put them on? Because you're working within a limitation. You see, you know what the way out of this is? Let go of all your preconceived notions of what you believe you deserve. 
let go of all your limiting beliefs about what you think you're worthy of. And for God's sakes, don't justify why you think you deserve the amount that you do in any direction. You justify, people justify, I hear this all the time, especially in the poor community. It's like a point of pride that they're broke. You ever heard this? I was this way. I make the I might make the average amount of income, but I have all this. I can do this. I can do this. Yeah, I live in an apartment. I don't own a house, but I can do this, this, and this. You become identified with scarcity. It becomes a part of your identity to be poor. Because what's that old saying about? Broke is temporary, poor is, you know, long-lasting, let's say. It's a repeating pattern. Because you've identified with the poverty. It's comfortable to you, and you defend it. I did it too. Because there was a part of me that didn't want to grow and change, and that's what was defending itself. That's what was defending itself. The part of me that didn't want to evolve. That didn't want to sit and learn and spend the time to go through all this. You're right, you get identified with the set points of poverty. You get identified with the lack story. Oh, I can never have enough. You might get identified with that victim mentality. And it becomes part of the character. When you identify with the character that is you, for instance, the character that is Larry Morrison, when you identify with the character, that's you being the avatar in the game. It's like if I was playing Zelda and I identified as Zelda or Link, right? I identified as the character, but that's not me, obviously. So why would I identify with it unless I was trying to stay in the game? When you're, what part of you wants to stay in the limitation game is the part of you that was born to play it, the character, the avatar. That's who wants to stay in the game. That's who wants to keep you there, your opponent, the guardian of the game, your ego, your patterning, your indoctrination. The rules of the game are trying to keep you in it. And so as you identify with the poverty or you identify with the character and try to defend or justify why you want to stay small, it just, there's no wrong way. It's not wrong. It just means you're going to stay in the game. And even winning the lottery is not going to get you out. 80% of all lottery winners are broken three years. This is why.
there's nothing wrong with playing the limitation game with the the issue is that i always had is that it's not my original nature so it always made me suffer it always made me feel bad it always made me feel angry all the time frustrated all the time it always made me feel terrible feeling small i felt so trapped by my own story knowing deep down that there was something I was missing, something I was meant to do, something more to me. Don't be proud of how much money you make or don't make. Just be with it as an ever-changing part of the flow of life. Sometimes in the winter, the creeks run less. Sometimes in the summer, they run bigger, more, right, from the snow melt. It's just a season. Don't get attached to how much you're making. It's just a simple reflection of what you believe about the universe. That's all it means. That's all it ever is. It's just an energy we're tuning into. That's all. Don't defend it. Don't justify it. Don't be proud of it. It's just the illusion. Because the truth of who you are is you are unlimited wealth. You are unconditional wealth. You are unconditional love. You are unconditional abundance. And you've only pretended to be small, to play a game. You wanted to explore what it was like to be limited. You wanted to explore being told no in a safe environment. You wanted to explore the bottom. You wanted to see how far out you could get, how horrible you could suffer before you woke up. Some people like horror movies. Some people want to feel that fear. The truth is, you are unconditionally loved at all times. You are unconditionally loved at all times, and it is simply a perception that you're not. That is all it is. Because you are love. You are love. It is what you're made of. It's what we come from. Unconditional love is who we are. And so it starts to seep through everything, especially with your emotions. It's right behind the veil. It's right there. And you're only pretending that you can't see it. It's the same with wealth. You're unconditionally wealthy. You know how I know? Because you've never run out of money. 
You have never run out. Hi. Not truly. If you did, if you ever ran out, you'd be dead. It's like running out, excuse me, it's like running out of air. You've never run out of money. And you can say, Larry, no, but I've, I've come close. Yeah, but you were never out. Just like you've never run out of air or food. You may have skipped a few meals. I know I, know I sure have. Not in, a, not in a while. It's probably time to do a little fasting. But my point is, you've never run out of food either. It's, you never run out of sunlight. You never run out of everything the body needs to survive. You may have come dangerously close many a time, but you've never run out. Because source is unconditional love. And even if you hate God, even if you think that there's wrath and vengeance or that you believe, I, I used to have the belief that God wants me to suffer. Thank you, Christianity, for that game. And maybe you think that suffering is good or that you need to be in pain or all of these things. And Source loves us so much because we are unconditionally loved at all times that it will give you that thing knowing that you're just pretending, you're just playing a game. Knowing that you will wake up to the truth one day, even if it's through death, even if it's through just waking up. And becoming, you know, having a lucid dream within the dream. You will wake up one day. And stop playing this game of pretend limitation. And you can do it now. If you want. It's going to take unprogramming yourself. It's as if. If we were in a video game, that we were also the programmer, the software designer. And we could go, okay, there's rules in this game. But all I have to do is change the coding. And the game changes. Now I can, you know, bring a monster truck to the game of Zelda. If I knew how to program it, right. The game of Zelda is, you know, at most horses. So it's not that kind of a game for those of you who don't know that game. But you know what I'm saying? Like you could, if you were the programmer, you could change the game, right? Like Neo in the Matrix, changing the coding. You have to unprogram yourself. You have to let go of the beliefs that make you perceive this game as limited. That make you the, that make the mirror reflect back. To you. you have to let go of everything that makes the mirror reflect back to you scarcity. You have to let go of everything that gives the limitation game its strength. You give up your power to it to play within its game. You have to take that power back and say, I'm going to reprogram this thing. 
because I don't want to play this game anymore. I don't want to play the game of being small. But just know that when you go down this road with me, because you're not the only one to go down this, this rabbit hole, it will be painful because your heart will be pointing out constantly there's a limiting belief there's a limiting belief there's a limiting belief there's a limit there's a part of you that needs healing there's a part of you that needs healing there's a part of you that needs healing and it'll come up with your triggers and it'll come up with your traumas and it'll come up with all of your negative emotions you're gonna have to feel your way through it and you're gonna have to get comfortable being uncomfortable You're going to have to get comfortable feeling pain. Not forever. See, pain turns into suffering when we don't do anything with it. Suffering is simply prolonged pain. Pain, as my sweetheart says, so this is a shout out to her, Jessica. As she says it, it's kind of like when you're hurt physically. Like if I cut myself, I feel pain. What does that mean? It means I'm supposed to stop what I'm doing and tend to the wound. Clean it, bandage it so it can heal naturally. And it's the same exact thing when we feel emotional pain. Stop what you're doing, put your attention on it. You ask yourself, what do I have to believe about this situation in order to feel all these feelings? And watch as all the beliefs all show up. These are your wounds that need healing. And then you use whatever tactic you want. I use Byron Katie's The Work. Mixed with some emotion code and some trauma work, if need be. To clean out the wound, reframe it, alchemize it, bandage it, and let it heal. And now there's no more pain after it runs its course. Now we're back into alignment. Now we're tuning our frequency back into feeling good more of the time about whatever subject. When I think about money now, I want you to understand how far distorted my signal was. When I thought about money before now, I'm not talking about like yesterday, but you know, two years ago, let's say, three years ago, 10 years ago, I felt a tightness around my heart as if the Grim Reaper's bony, cold hands were clenching around my heart. That's how much pain I felt around money, stress, anxiety, fear, constant fear and worry constant fear and worry because you have to remember in a man in our society they are measured their value and worth is measured by the amount of money that they have even if they got it illegally still measured that way so not only was i chasing this lifeblood that i thought it was a lifeblood that had to keep me alive and keep me fed but i was also chasing my own worth my own self-worth through this limiting game Thinking that I couldn't fall in love until I had enough money, couldn't have kids until I had enough money, couldn't do vacations, couldn't live until I got to a certain financial set point. 
so every time I thought about money, my heart clenched. And now, I feel anything. I feel my heart open. I feel grateful. I feel honored. Honored to serve in the way that I do. Honored to be on this journey of changing the game. And I am honored that you spent your time with me. You've paid attention. Take a deep breath. And repeat after me. Everything is okay. 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 Everything is perfect, even if there's a part of me that believes that it's not. And even that is perfect. Because, ladies and gentlemen, you're either all in with me, or I should say rather, you're all in with your heart and following your heart, or there's a part of you that needs healing. That's all. You're all in on shifting the game of, out of the game of limitation and in shifting into the game of yes. To go back to our original nature where source just says yes to everything. So you're either following your heart or there's still parts of you that need healing and that's all. And all of it is perfect and all of it is meant to be just as it is because all of it is for you. It's for your own evolution and expansion in whatever game, in whatever way you want to play it. There's no wrong way to do this. There's just ways that feel good and ways that feel bad. So, I hope whatever I've said has helped you here today in some small way. My unconditional love to you. We are different leaves on the same tree, different clouds in the same sky. Good journey, my friends.